Is that a Ventolin inhaler? Yes, it's Ventolin brand. Other oh. other inhaler brands do. Hi, listener. I want to talk to you about Ventolin. Two uh, GM is brought to you by our good friends at Ventolin. Do you find yourself short of breath owing to asthma? Uh, then I recommend Ventolin brand inhalers. How aren't, aren't don't GSK like have people killed? I think so. Yeah, almost certainly. Maybe we shouldn't start with a mostly rats, monkeys, and beakers. <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. Uh, allegedly, other large pharma organisations are available. I'm not saying that GlaxoSmithKline do test on animals. I'm just saying that my understanding of testing for drugs that will save human lives mm. is that that's a perfectly reasonable way to go about it. If they yeah. if if they do it, then fine. I'm not making a judgment. But I don't think they do. They probably don't. Anyway, how can, um, uh, how can GSK be held accountable for other life forms not evolving as effectively as we have? No, exactly. It's their problem, isn't it, really? Uh, you asked me. Uh, you asked me about my uh, inhaler, yes, and then quickly lost interest. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Um, yeah, well, I, I thought. Well, you started talking about GSK, and I thought, well, here's a chance to stick it to the man. Tell me about your inhaler. I have asthma. People have asked me, is it a preventative one? Is it mm. a preventative inhaler, or a, and I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, I just use it when I'm feeling a bit short of breath. I, I apparently have asthma. After 41 years, I discovered this. I mm. went in for a breathing test. I failed it. Oh. And then they gave me a few hits of Ventolin. Mm. And then I went away for half an hour. And then I came back and I, and I did well on the tests. And apparently the only way mm. that can be the case with these particular tests, which are basically just blowing into a tube. Um, Lol. Which didn't seem very scientific. The only way that can be the case mm-hmm. is uh, if you have asthma. Was this? Are you sure this was a real doctor? It was. A, it was a nurse lady. What did the tube look like? It was a. It was a tube with a, a thing, a did gauge it, attached. It's kind of like those. Did it have a you, sailor attached to it? When you, uh, when no, when you um, uh, do the hammer and the thing goes Test up and strength. hits the bell, it's kind of like that. Was there, was there a, a very tall, strong man with a curly moustache next to it? No, and there was this other thing where you had to blow and sustain. The sustain mm. the breath for a really long time. Yeah. And I really struggled with that. And I was convinced that basically after half an hour, because when I went in the first time, I didn't really know what to expect. Mm. And when I came back after half an hour, I I did know what to expect. And I thought that potentially that might be why my test was better the second time. Mm. But she said, no, it has to. It's definitely the Ventolin. So apparently I have asthma. And in a few people have said, oh, but asthma is not that big a deal. And they're right. Kind of like discovering you need to wear glasses after 30 years or hey, something. I, you say that if you're caught, uh, say, at a rave without a Ventolin inhaler when you need one, you're having an asthma attack. Are you going to, oh, that's no big deal. Are you, it's a big uh, deal. Did you have that happen? No. Just one of my favourite ever tapes from, you know, you remember um, raves? They used to do tape sets from raves. So each of the DJs would have their set taped mm-hmm. and then they'd sell a set of tapes at about 12. 12 tapes or so that you'd buy and you'd listen to the rave, basically. And there was uh, there was a, a one that we were very fond of. There was a hardcore techno DJ called Clarky, mm-hmm. and he was playing a really good Clarky, set. Clarky, not the Clarky. No, no, the, he wasn't cruel. He All he did was play slamming techno. But Banging our, tunes. You've always got the MC. Always got the MC on it. Uh, and this, I believe, was MC... Master Sh- controller. This, this, I believe, was MC Sharkey, who hailed from Southampton. Ah, oh, I mm. think I knew of him. Mm. But uh, halfway through the set, he, he does a bit of a, a bit of a rewind, and you hear um, uh, Sharkey asking if anyone's got a Ventolin inhaler. It's an emergency. Has anyone got a Ventolin inhaler? So that became a bit of a, a joke for me and my friends when we were raving. He's going, has anybody got a Ventolin inhaler? Did anybody, Hilarious. Did was this before or after the Aphex Twin song? About uh, it was well before it. This would have been, this would have been. Oh, I don't know. This would have been in Milton Keynes, in the very early nineties. But that doesn't. All oh, right, okay. I was going to say because it just being in Milton Keynes yeah. doesn't date it. It was a Helter Skelter tape pack. Okay, I don't know what that means. But the um, uh, yeah. So it is strictly speaking, it's good. I was finding I was short of breath, 
mm. uh, at various times during the working day over a period of a couple of months. It's only come let's, on let's, you don't time. do a very physical job, so that must No, been. no, I do a very sedentary job. Sedentary? Sedentary. And, and you're not fat enough to have, like, fat resting breath, as described by Womp comic. I am quite fat. No, you're not fat enough to have fat resting breath. I'm not fat enough. FRB. That should go on my CV. Yeah. Um, or on my dating profiles. I don't have a dating profile. The uh, the so so people have said, but so it must be a relief. At least you've got asthma's not so bad, mm. and at least you've got a diagnosis. The thing is, mm. over the course of my life, there have been maybe two or three times when I've had anxiety attacks mm. with serious shortness of breath. And but recently, I've been having a few of them. Like it's become a problem rather than something that happens during really stressful times, like really stressful times. And I've known mm. exactly what it is. And I've known people who've had asthma attacks, recurring uh, recurring anxiety attacks, sorry, and have had to go to hospital because they have thought they are going to die because they can't breathe. Mm. Although one guy, I think, he, he started really liking the lady uh, ambulance person who was coming around on that late shift. So he, he I think he maybe had a few more because of that. Erection-induced anxiety attacks. Yeah, Faking asthma attacks is, is very rarely a good way to meet women, though. The story only works if, uh, if, you don't, if we don't make the mistake that I keep making of saying anxiety attacks and asthma attacks and just mixing them up. Mm. But so the, way, so the way I've been dealing with that anxiety attacks, the ways the anxiety attacks I've been having, the way I've been fine with them and, and like, mm. okay, and just you know, don't worry, this is just an anxiety attack, is because in the back of my mind, I know that it's just an anxiety attack. It mm. doesn't matter how much it feels like I'm going to die because mm. I can't get a breath. That won't happen because with anxiety attacks, as I understand it, what happens is you feel like you can't catch a breath. You feel like you can't catch a breath. At the very worst, you'll pass out and you'll, you know, everything, mm. your body will take over and you'll be fine. So what I've effectively learned is when, for example, I had to leave a meeting recently because I was having what I thought was an anxiety attack and I was just walking down the corridor thinking, it's okay, it's okay, I'll be okay. <laughs> it's just an anxiety attack. I could have died. Yeah, that was that was foolish. Well, but I don't know. I didn't know I had fucking asthma. Well, I mean, it was very nice of you to try and coach yourself, but to be fair, you're not qualified to do so. Well, I, I've always survived before. Well, so I've just been really lucky. Purely by luck, yeah, yeah. As, it would, as it would seem. I'm getting a bit breathy now. Do you need to have a little poppy of Ventolin brand no, inhaler? I want to leave it. It looks really Orwellian as well. It's got a big V in the middle. They haven't changed since they I was a kid. They haven't changed since we were children. That's incredible. They, they look, they're this, even the same fucking colour. They haven't bothered changing the, the shade. Yeah. It's, uh, they basically patented this particular design yeah. back in the 1950s yeah. or the something. O- the only thing that's different about the one that you're holding in your hand is it hasn't got a snotty-nosed kid attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, yeah, I'm having to learn how to do vent. So uh, add add to the list of things I'm physically uh, not very skilled at doing. The first time I had to use it in anger Mm. without a nurse there watching what I was doing, um, I sprayed Ventolin all over my tongue and had to deal with the aftertaste for ages. How how does it taste? Would you like to – is it unami? It's not nice. What's unami? That's the other taste. You got sweet, sour, bitter – Tastes like nausea. Um, a unami. Is that is, nausea? Is it, is it sweet, sour? No. Is it sweet, sour, bitter, and unami, or sweet, sour, and unami? I can't remember. Uh, I, it, didn't, it doesn't feel remotely like a tsunami. We made a promise to ourselves, and I haven't, been, I haven't stuck to it. Hang on. So, we, uh, listener, did you like the previous two episodes that we pre-recorded? Because we've listened back to them. We thought they were really good. Mm. And uh, part of that is that they're about 20 minutes shorter than the normal episodes. Uh, we can't help you with that one. This is going to be an hour long again. Sorry. Um, to least. be fair, bear in mind as far as my performance is concerned, I'd had the day off as well. Yeah. So I was quite relaxed. So there was that. But also we were we were on a very tight time schedule. We didn't really have a lot of choice, did yeah, we? Yeah, true. So, and I think, I think they turned out surprisingly well. Yeah. People have been nice to us about them as well. well you kept focused. You weren't pissing about with your phone during them. Show. I'm just I'm setting a timer. Are you putting a timer can, on? Can you see that? No. Yes. It, it says it's up, it's wrong. The wrong Does your way phone up. not change its orientation if you move it? It does, but I have to. It uses up power, so I've changed it. All right. Okay. Oh God, Can't did you see did it. you think that uh, the only people who'd managed to nail the whole um, now the whole screen rotation thing were Apple or something? Yeah. Yeah, you're wrong. All right. 
So, uh, so it's been it's only been a week since mm. uh, the last episode went out. Yeah, but it's been. Um, this is two grown men, by the way. Hi. Uh, I think it's number fifty-four. Yes, I'm like that. It's only been a week since the last episode, but James and I haven't seen each other in three, three weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two and a bit weeks. Yeah. And that must be the longest we've gone without seeing each other since time. my honeymoon. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Which you just wouldn't let me come on, would you? It's not fair. Amy really had views about that. Yeah. When you um, get married next time, can I come on that honeymoon? Yeah, when so, Amy and I re recommit our vows. Yeah, whatever. But because it, <laughs> it doesn't mean so much second time round, does it? No, no, that's what no. I've heard. So you've been on holiday. Yes, I went to Devon. I've been dealing with stuff yeah but during that time our children have been doing stuff they have scarlet what's scarlet been doing scarlet started school started school scarlet started school we had uh we had our first day i um had the longest holiday i've had for since i left school actually i had two and a half weeks off which is very unusual for me reason i had the extra half week off at the end of my holiday was to be there for our first day Mm -hmm. we've done an awful lot of prep We've tried to make the idea of going to school something really exciting, something really positive. I want to give her as good a start to her scholastic career as possible. We continue to support her, obviously, as she go, as she goes. You weren't hoping that was it. You've, you've set yeah, her up. Off you go. Off you go. Yeah. Um, we've even augmented the, the the bedtime routine, so that's a lot more regimented than it used to be. Scarlett's very fond of the iPad. No iPad in the last hour mm-hmm. um, before bed, and she's been going to sleep a lot better as well. So she's not overstimulated. Exactly. Bedtime. But for for a long while now, we've been trying to prep her and make make school. Um, something that she really actively wants to do. She went to some sessions before she left nursery, before we, before the, the last term ended, that allowed her to acclimatise, which she enjoyed. Um, but also there's been things like um, CBeebies have been really helpful. There's a, believe it or not, a documentary series on CBeebies called Time for School. Um, it's in its second series now, and it follows a group of reception class children in both in a big city environment and a rural setting. And they're, they're really engaging, really interesting, but kids get to see it. It's a real genuine fly-on-the-wall insight into what it's like to, to start school, be part of a reception class. So Scarlett had some preconceptions, which I think were relatively accurate in terms of what, what to expect. The first day itself went really well. She went in, Nikki, Nikki and I went in together after getting there a little bit too early because we misjudged the walk. Mm-hmm. But we went in, had a look Better around. too late. Very much so. I had a look around. It's very nice. They've had some work done over the um, over the summer. So Who's the lot, teachers? The school. All right. So okay. it's, it's a lot. It's a lot bigger than it was. And we we got used to stuff. Put a PE bag on her peg and all this sort of stuff. And she went off and, and started playing in one of the areas. Really well equipped classrooms as well. Lots more. I don't remember so many toys in no. my reception class. I remember. It was. Re- I don't. I, no, I think there were actually banks of of desks. It was very regimented, anyway. So it's quite um quite a laid back environment. Lots of toys. Nikki and I were talking, having looking around, looked behind us, and said something to Scarlett. And she completely ignored us. So I just said to Nicola, "Well, I think it's probably time to go." So we managed to get attention, said goodbye, and left. And we were only there for about five minutes, maybe ten at the most. In the end, well, we expected they they said you could stay for half an hour, three quarters of an hour. We fully expected to be there for the whole time. So we're quite impressed when we weren't. Scarlett's fortitude, so no tears at all. Picked her up that, that afternoon. She was full of excitement, she was full of beans, really enjoyed it. And the thing that made me happiest, and it was my first day at work, so I needed a bit of cheering up, but she woke up on the Thursday morning, opened her eyes, and the first thing she said to me was, Yay, school! That's cool. Which was awesome. So she's loving being a schoolgirl. It's making her feel ever so mature. She's made some friends already. It, it's it's been really positive, nice experience. I like as well. Scholastic have um, provided book bags for all of them. Oh yeah. So she's come home with books that we're sharing as well, and sort of. Well, I mean, we read to her every night anyway. But um, I'm guessing they're not for your age group, though. Um, no, they're a little bit um, older. Okay, cool. They're for uh, forty-five to fifty-year-olds. When you said that uh, Scarlett woke up ready for school, it just reminded me of something that happened over the weekend. Cool. The I'll I'll backtrack to talk more about the whole weekend. But one thing that Noah did, we had a very big day on Sunday. 
where he was awake for a really long time behaving there was lots of behaving really well there was lots of uh, uh, sort of external stimulus so lots of uh, relatives and nice people talking to him and stuff so he was knackered by the end of the day he didn't get to sleep during the day yeah. so he was knackered and we stopped at my in-law's house mm-hmm. for uh, just f- five or ten minutes just to pick up all of the stuff we'd left there because we were staying there overnight sure and while we were doing that, we managed – Amy managed to transfer Noah from the car seat where he was sleeping to his granddad who who looks uh, more like me mm. than anyone's really comfortable with. And uh, mm. only his beard's in slightly better shape. And uh, and actually, he's in slightly better shape. But anyway, I, so managed to transfer this sleeping baby onto him. So we were sat around uh, parents-in-law, my parents-in-law, Amy's parents. That's how that works. And Amy and I and Noah was just sleeping on his granddad and everyone was talking, like not too quietly, just mm. quietly. And normally when Noah wakes up, he kind of wakes up slowly. But he his eyes opened, he sat bolt upright, he clapped two or three times. Awesome. As if he was applauding something with this big smile on his face mm. and then just went straight off again. Brilliant. It was weird. It was yeah. so cute though. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's uh, – yeah, so anyway, school. Sometimes they're terrifying, aren't they? Children. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, that was cute. I, th- I, think I mean, I assumed that something really nice had happened in this dream. Fair enough. I, th- I think for Nikki, I, I shouldn't speak for her too much, but I think for Nikki there's a... Well, she's not here. A, a, so that's true. That's, that's true. Um, there's a period of acclimatisation. She was better than I expected her to be. Nikki's been very emotional. Obviously, the last 18 months, she's pretty. she's been scarlet. She's been very emotional the last 18 months. Yeah, she she's been living with me, mate. <laughs> she's done a remarkable job. She's been Scarlett's primary carer. And and I think it's been rewarding for both of us. And I think I think Scarlett's definitely benefited from that. But I think Nikki was fearing the, the letting go. You know, there is this sort of sense of, you know, na- well, that's it. Society's got us now. We're, we're, we're part of the, the, the bigger machine. You know, we go on holiday when the government dictates we go on holiday now you know we we do what everyone else does we have to we have to conform and it's not just scarlet that has to conform we have to conform too you know sure so that's been the difficulty for me to be perfectly honest with you i don't like having my life dictated to me too overtly in that way whereas nikki i think there was you know the, the, the obvious emotional attachment with scarlet being with her all the time and giving her a sort of center to her world uh, where she's been off and having to let her go into the big bad world and start not fending for herself as, as but you know this is start of a 12 year journey that will spit her out as a t- you know in her in her mid to late teens you know so it's well, at which point she'll be unrecognizable and won't want to talk to you anyway i would have thought so so it's also a very exciting time I, i'm really excited about her learning and i, I want to go on i'm really excited to go on that journey with her you know there's things i want to share there's things i want to learn with her there's you know when we were on holiday we were we were walking in the forest nearby and we were pointing things out and spending lots of really good quality time just me and scarlet she she went walking with the dogs that's not really to do with nicola i've got sidetracked i'm mm-hmm. sorry but but nikki it's been really good as well nikki's a very sociable person does gel with people quite easily she's very she will talk to people much more comfortably than i will so she's made a couple of friends there already people she's seen at the gate we're already she's going to be picking up someone else's child for them as well because um she got talking to someone and there's some complications in their life that means we're gonna we're gonna have this kid over to laugh five every day so it's been quite interesting to sort of see nikki sort of negotiating the sort of the being the school mum process becoming transmogrifying into a, a school mum and and the patriarchy's well and truly got a hold of your family yes absolutely i mean this God. isn't this isn't the way it was going to be you know i, I remember as kids in our 20s and we used to talk about what our lives were you know what 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 do, how do we want our lives to pan out and it was always well nikki always earned more money than me nikki had a career that that was always going to be me it was always going to be me taking the kids mm-hmm. to school it was always going to be me picking them up i was going to be always going to be you wearing the dress <laughs> yeah i was always going to be the primary carer it's kind of weird that it's turned out like this um nikki's looking for um, Nikki's now looking for part-time um, work, so that fits around school. That was never part of the plan, but uh, and I feel almost guilty admitting this because it does mean that 
you know, I, I'm indoctrinated to feel rewarded by um, uh, being the being part of the patriarchy. But I, I find it really rewarding that you know, I'm the one who goes to work and Nikki's Nikki's working part time. But there there feels a point to work. There feels like a purpose to my working life that I've never ever had before at the moment, and that's because I, I'm bringing home the the, the wage that help support us so actually it gives more focus whereas when Nikki earned more money than me I was earning a little bit of supplemental and it didn't give me that sort of that sense of purpose it just makes me angry why no I mean knowing that just makes me I don't oh, right. get the same maybe it'll be different when Noah's at school but right now yeah. I find I'm not angry with Noah or Amy mm. at all but it doesn't make me feel better about work. Work feels like something that keeps me away from Noah. It also helps. So. <laughs> it also helps that I'm, you know, I'm mentally speaking in a much better place. Than everything feels a lot better than it did a few months ago, a few a year ago. You know, I never will be mm. because apparently my problems aren't anxiety related; mm. they're asthma related. Oh wow! So all of that, uh, the mailing list, the last few mm. mailing lists where uh, if you read them now, because it's been a long time since mm. I've done one of the mailing lists, I will get back to it. I promise it's just everything's crazy at the moment, uh, where it looked like I was slowly uh, uh, slowly spiralling mm. and getting worse and worse, and then the mailing list just stopped dead mm. at the point where it looked like I was either going to pull it together yeah. or I was just going to end it all. Is, that, is it too soon to say stuff like that? Yeah, no. Okay. Um, so if you only read the mailing list and you didn't listen to the podcast, that would be pretty bleak, wouldn't it? it but would. luckily that isn't the case. Very strange way to uh, interact with this show as well. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So uh, – but apparently that that's all – it's all in my head. I mean li- literally I'm probably fine. I just have asthma. It's all in your head along with the voices. The – it's been a weird few weeks. There's something that I didn't talk about on the last episode, the, the last recording we did, and I'm not going to go into too much detail about it right now. But uh, we, we've talked about my big Greek family and mm. how weird it is yes. before. Uh, I had – we had a very tragic death in our family. Mm. Again, I'm not – that's somebody else's story. And this is why I haven't talked about it on Facebook yeah. and I've just tried to like keep – because it's not my I, – I don't – it's a member of my family mm-hmm. that a lot of my family is very affected by, mm. but I didn't really know the person. I Understandably, just know the people the, the, so those who are close to the individual, I can understand so, them so, being greatly affected by it. So this is why, um, this is why, when you say that it's a bit weird, uh, the that my relationship, like being mm. in this huge family, is weird. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's pretty weird for me as well because mm. I'm not really – I've always – I keep – I tend to keep people at a distance anyway mm-hmm. a little bit. Sure. And, and so um, – but one thing is we did go to the, the funeral and mm. the – I haven't seen my family in that sort of situation very often because for all that we're a huge family, it's only the second f- or third family funeral I've been to and wow. there are – a hun- over a hundred of us so it's kind of that's incredible I've got you beaten hands down and my family's tiny yeah I know and and I mean that's just English families I don't know your, tra- your tragedy magnets I guess um, <laughs> so the <laughs> which is interesting because Greeks we kind of invented the tragedy he as did. far as I know but the we um, perfected it but the just like anal sex no that's the um, that's the Roman and the Greek isn't it yeah but you perfected it I, not me, mate. No. But so the, the funeral was amazing because as, ma- as many as my f- of my family as were there and as many uh, of the local Greek community were there because it was mm. reported in the Greek community and it's obviously the Greek Cypriot community. So they're all quite mm-hmm. – uh, maybe not as close-knit as they used to be but there's definitely a feeling there of um, – there were just hundreds and hundreds of teenagers who were like friends of the person. Yeah. Um, and just seeing how uninhibited. Te- yeah, te- uninhibited's kind of the word, but kind of the wrong mm. word because it sounds quite upbeat. Uninhibited. Okay. But but you're on the right lines. Mm. Teenagers were used to being, especially the boys, mm. all bravado. Mm. Uh, teenagers are just working out how who they want to be yeah 
and who society wants them to be. And mostly mm -hmm. society wins out. They, there's lots of posturing. There's lots of bravado. Mm -hmm. Totally gone. And it made me – ideologically, I'm, I like teenagers. Yeah. But in person, I tend to find them quite annoying. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was very moving to see and to continue to see on Facebook and in various places the outpouring of this totally sincere and unmannered grief. Mm. I expected it from my family. I wasn't expecting it from all of these hundreds of teenagers, mostly yeah. boys because he was on a football team. They had a minute silence on the the pitch mm -hmm. and and like they're still talking about it yeah. now and it's not been very long but they're still talking about mm -hmm. it it's, it was quite amazing yeah. but at the same time and I'm very peripheral to this I don't have a lot I'm not having a lot of experience this but I'm seeing my family kind of deal with it we're also finding out what the X Factor machine and the media machine is like okay because this situation, and for all I know, it's completely sincere, mm -hmm. has become part of someone on X Factor's journey. Oh, goodness. So we've gone from me reading the uh, reading an article on the Mail site and the Mirror site about, mm -hmm. um, about this death mm. uh, and actually being surprised by how uh, straightforwardly the facts were delivered. Sure. Considering it's a... It's a British teen mm -hmm. um, dying abroad and yeah. stuff like that. Just seeing the same papers mm -hmm. starting to make that happen as a as peripheral to somebody on a TV show's oh, story. That's it, ugly. And and it's not really affecting me because I don't really know the ins and outs of all of it. But I'm already starting to see, and it's quite early in the series, mm. I'm already starting to see sort of people dealing with it. So it's interesting because those are two completely op opposite sides to like seeing how young, young modern teenagers react mm. to a sincere um, tragedy. Yeah. And then seeing how modern media mm -hmm. handles the exact same thing is, yeah. is quite weird. But yeah – and and it's quite surreal because we're dealing with this all very peripherally and and I I'm apparently even worse at talking to people when the stakes the emotional stakes are as high as yeah. not wanting to hurt them more than they're already hurt because it feels like anything you'll say in a situation like that is hurtful. I've already talked about it more than I intended to. But we had a christening this week. We, okay. we we went to a christening at the weekend, oh, which is nice. which is kind of the other end of the very much. And it was uh, it was interesting because one was a very Greek Orthodox. Uh, the the funeral was a mm -hmm. very was in a huge ornate stained glassy, lots did, of icons everywhere. Greek Orthodox church. Did the vicar have one of those proper long biker beards? At the at the Greek one. Greek one. Oh yeah, all of them do. They rock. They rock some impressive beards. Greek vicars, don't they? So. So, yeah, so there, there was that, and that's all very uh, iconic and ornate. And then this was in a little rural, um, little village church. I guess Christian? Sounds very C of E. There's a rector. Oh, that's very C of E. Is it C of E? Yeah. I don't know. And uh, uh, and I'm not going to – it was nice. It, it was nice. The rector mm. was a young guy, quite upbeat, very friendly, very inclusive – it was a very gaudy ceremony, but then you expect that because it is a church. He insists in his house. Hmm? He insists on that in his house. Yeah. You're in my house, you have to abide by my rules, and you have to send me the salutations. I found it, I found it unusual how I, as an atheist of very long standing, a little a atheist yeah. of very long standing, and now a big a agnostic of, of quite long standing mm. as well, uh, the um that the thing that bugged me the most for quite a lot of it was mm. why is it still a he why are we still so insistent that it's a, it's very he it's very much a he the whole way through why do i care about that i don't believe in it anyway <laughs> it doesn't but anyway 
uh, it was generally it was generally very nice. There was an unusual bit that was about there was a, a little bit where the whole congregation did a little. Uh, there was a little prayer of confession mm. that we were all. Really? So I'm co- I'm covered for a little bit. It wasn't you go off in a little. But it was just oh. assuming that we were all we all had stuff to confess. Maybe it's nice. Catholic. Oh, I don't know now. No, it isn't Catholic. Because it wasn't that wasn't the crux of it. There wasn't lots oh, of right. self-flagellating. It was just it was just a little bit of it. Um, goes on the assumption that you've got things to confess. You don't have to go into detail about them. It's just about asking for forgiveness for them. That's all fine. All of that I'm okay with. There were just two bits mm. that are kind of pertinent to what we talk about. But again, I don't want to go into detail. Mm. I just want to ask the listener if they know what the rector might have been speaking about because he was quite a smart guy. Mm. I didn't feel – I didn't get a real vibe from him that he was being manipulative any more than the whole thing you might feel is. Mm. But he said that there is actual research. Um, there is actual research that says that newborns uh, understand the concept, understand the concept of God, that they're born believing. And I turned to Amy at that point and said, "Citation needed. I feel like I need a citation <laughs> mm. for that because that's fairly specific." Yeah, I can I can think of a whole bunch of reasons why a child, once they are old enough to be asked, mm. might have a vaguely creationist perspective of the world Mm -hmm. because as far as they're concerned everything comes from them and then everything comes from their mother Mm -hmm. that's the person who's there all the time it's easy so I understand I kind of get it Mm-hmm. But newborns and I'd, I'd, I'd like to see the, the science. I would too. Did you challenge him? I didn't. It didn't seem like the time. Uh, there, was also, there was also a bit where he was talking about the science that apparently there is also research. For all I know, he pulls out a couple of, a couple of bits of scientific research for every sermon. I don't know. Mm. Um, but there's also a bit of research uh, that he mentioned about how – Children who have faith, um, and apparently they did. Uh, they he actually said they researched lots of people, but um, it, it was mainly mainly using uh, Christian faith. Mm. Um, are less prone to uh, things like being depressed in later life. He didn't say depression. He didn't say like mental health. He wasn't talking about actual chemical imbalances, but like. Uh, anxiety and depression and stuff like that. And I can sort of see where that might be the case as well. I had a lot to do with the Christian church when I was younger. And I we've got a very close friend who had an awful lot to do with the Christian church when he was younger. Neither of us are adverts for that particular theory. Although we're not a very scientific cohort, I will concede. Yes, and you're not – you don't have any faith. Not now, No. But that's – I suspect that – I see, I can see where there'd be truth in that. Mm. I can see where if you took control groups mm. and you took people who believe that there is a purpose to everything, mm. like genuinely yeah. believe that there is a purpose to everything, and people who really don't know what the fuck it's all about, yeah. that you would find that the people who don't know mm. what the fuck it's all about mm. are more prone to anxiety yeah. and, and, and stuff like that. I, I kind of get it, but I feel mm. like you can't just throw research out like that and not cite your sources. Mm-hmm. It's kind of important. Well, also, it kind of is kind of deceptive because having faith in God and feeling happy doesn't make God any less, any more real, or well, any might, I mean, or any less real, does it? No. I mean, it, yeah, I will concede that the the traditional Christian values, by and large, that that inform our laws are excellent, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good. You know, don't kill people, don't steal stuff, be nice to people. Something about an ox. Yeah, don't kiss cows. Cover, I mean, coveting. Yeah, don't cover cows. That's all good stuff, you know. But the fact that it makes you happy and cheerful doesn't mean God fucking exists at the end. So you shouldn't use the fact that people like it as... was He, he wasn't using it as evidence that God exists, was he? No, no, because that wasn't even up for discussion and i understand that i i'm quite i'm quite comfortable with the idea that if i go into well, then a really... church that the people there are on balance going to believe in god in the same way that i understand that if i go to a conference uh where prominent atheists are speaking that it's probably accepted that women are going to get molested in the lifts these are these are things i i understand are but, but then surely then he what he's using there is the uh, the uh, the tactics of a uh, you know a new york 
New York mobster that walks in. That's a nice uh, sense of well-being you got there. I'd uh, hate to see anything happen to it. You know, you might want to make sure you carry on believing on God. I'd hate to see you uh, have to be prescribed with some antidepressants there. I feel a little bit. I feel a little bit guilty because, uh, on the one hand, I, I feel like somehow I've ended up characterising the man as way. Well, he was he was lovely, I'm, and and I'm, on the other hand, I think we've just highlighted how badly you need to be doing weekly podcasting because mm. that was your New York mobster almost. No, no, that was an East End. Yeah, sorry, I that was definitely an East End East End gangster. You can edit that all together though, so it makes sense. You'd like to think. No, I'll just leave it. Probably it's fine. not. Uh, there are other things you wanted to talk about. I am because this this um, this is related. I finished reading the His Dark Materials trilogy. Kind of, kind of peters out a little bit, doesn't it? Do you think? I really liked I mean, what he was doing with the final mm. book, but it th- there's all that stuff. Thematically, it fits, but yeah. all the stuff about the completely alien, the woman who finds herself in this completely the alien doctor. landscape. Oh, I love that. The, I love all that. Is amazing, mm. but it feels at odds with some of. It just kind of feel for me. It felt lumped in there to it. For it to be introduced in the final book of a trilogy and take up quite a lot of it just felt a bit... Uh. I, I loved it um, in terms of the, like, the the Voyager discovery. That character went on and thereby I think the reader mm-hmm. kind of went on in terms of the understanding of how the universe works. Um, the, the like chance and coincidence being a huge part of, of how, how uh, fates of worlds develop. I thought it was actually... I, I just felt it what it was kind of a weird gear change in so much as there is a build up to a huge um confrontation there's going to be a huge battle there's going to be and it's all a bit um both both the main characters on what would be defined as the the enemy side kind of dealt with like really briefly and there's a couple mm. of major characters that are kind of that go with one of the characters that I'm not sure. It's almost. I think you're right in so much as it's almost like that had to be got got done with, so we could concentrate on this this other concept that maybe had sort of come into to being. As much as I loved it, yeah, it's just very because the second book mm. starts somewhere new, but very Win- quickly Winchester. Yes, I love the fact that Will comes from Winchester, but 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 it very very quickly aligns with. It becomes part of the same story as the first yeah, book, yeah. and that doesn't quite happen as as fluidly in the last. I do really like it, though. I think it's very good. I read Subtle Knife and Amber Spyglass back to back. I didn't. It didn't feel. It felt like it flowed very well to me. But then that's how they would have made the films if they'd made the films. We did, I'm. I'm really. I haven't seen the first film. I'm very upset they fumbled it now because I'd. I'd love to see the the creatures in that that alternate universe. I'd like to see those realised. The first it was a wonderful concept. The first film is is worth watching, mm. but the first ten minutes are frustrating. It's okay. like the studio didn't trust the filmmaker, and so sure. there's it. It basically in it, it, it describes all of the different races and stuff okay. using footage yeah. from later in the film uh, when they are introduced perfectly well by the narrative. You need to direct us cut then. Prob- probably, but mm. we'll never get that. No. What else? Uh, baby stuff. Noah is, since we last spoke, mm. he is just still doing his weird little not quite English talking where he goes, tucky, 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 tucky. He makes these funny noises. They're so cute. Well, he's partially Greek Cypriot, so you've got to Yeah, it's not that. really Greek noises. Is it not? Okay. No, more like sort of dolphin-y slash East Asian. <laughs> and I just, I, I landed on East Asian because it seemed like the most appropriate thing. So it's probably not, no, is it? No, not now. Can't no. say Oriental. Definitely not. Uh, but Chinese seems very specific. If in doubt, go Southeast Asian. Southeast Asian, okay. Yeah. My geography's not great. Yeah, no, I'm 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 insulting loads of you. Don't worry about it. It's okay. non-specific. So anyway, so he's doing that. He mm. was amazing at both the christening and because the, they were both very long days, yeah. lots of standing around, not really geared towards children. Mm. And he was really well behaved. Both of them. Mm. We did have a difficult night in a travel lodge, but I think who has nights in travel? Yeah, exactly. Um, and and he wasn't he wasn't 
grumpy then. He just mm. didn't want to go to sleep. Right. So one of us was up with him until I was up with him, like, mm. walking him around a travelodge until about 3 o'clock in the morning. 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, maybe about one thirty. <laughs> I don't know. Probably 2.30 is about the yeah. time I normally wake up these days and then can't sleep for the rest of the night. Mind, we'll talk about mine some in a future um, okay. episode. Amy's done, Amy did lots of driving though and Noah, she was great and Noah was really great. More people touching her stomach at the... My family didn't do that last time but I think they needed to distract themselves yeah. when we saw them. So um, people were very kind con- considering all of the other stuff they had in their minds. Um He's you, Noah's using a walker. He's got like this Thomas the Tank Engine thing. Just to clarify, they were touching the tummy more at the funeral than they were at the christening. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Well, because the people at the, the christening mm. didn't really know who she was. So, but anyway, um, he ha- he's got a Thomas the Tank Engine walker. We've moved that upstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the floor downstairs is basically just uh, not paneling. What is it? It's like laminate. Laminate. And so you can't really trust him on a walker down there because the, mm. the wheels skitter around all mm. over the place. So we moved him upstairs where there's carpeting and he's actually moving around quite quickly on it. Awesome. Lots of what looks like walking. Mm. Yesterday he stood up for about four seconds, didn't really realise mm. what he'd done before grabbing hold of something again. Mm. So things are moving apace. Fantastic. You, have, you haven't asked me about my penis. I was going to earlier when you were talking about the ventilator inhaler and when uh, your penis went in my head and then out my head again. Let me put it in my head again. Nick, uh, how's your penis? Two two things have happened. Right. One of them, uh, I, I've been connected to this. I've been listening to Stacey, uh, Stacey's pop culture parlour, the 24-hour thing. Mm. I, listened to, I listened to the episode that was me and Lee Gallagher. His bit was way better than mine. There must have been a lot of penis talk. Well, he said uh, Lee was quite surprised. He actually commented on his that it, it, he was amazed that I hadn't mentioned my penis mm. because apparently he thinks of this and uh, the late Momcast mm. as that they might as well be renamed at some point to the Nick Penis Cast or, or nice. something like that. I don't think I talk about it that much. Well, you do. But, but I did have a moment the other day mm. where I can't remember where we were. I think it was when we mm. were. I think it was when we were at the in-laws, and I just got out of the shower. Mm. I'm not normally very impressed with myself when I'm at rest. Okay, you and really are a grower, not a shower. The, yeah, I really am. And the previous night, we had had a conversation about all of the sexting, not yeah. that all of the uh, stolen and then shared, not leaked. The stolen yeah. then shared celebrity nude photos. And there was some discussion. Why would someone do that? And I was like, well, if someone – if you're really into someone and you're excited mm. and someone asks you to do something, yeah. quite often you do no, it. No, I can you know? totally get my head around I, I that. Totally would be a really it. cool thing to do. Um, I think if people have nice bodies and they want to capture those in photographs, fucking do it. And you and, and, and show them to people yeah. to get excited. So, yeah. So we'd had that discussion and I was there and I was thinking, God, I wish Amy was here or at least someone because mm. I look pretty good. I mean, yeah. you can, my tummy's still there a little bit, but yeah. I look, okay, things are going well. Okay. Uh, but earlier on, I was mm-hmm. in the loo uh, uh, here at work having a, having a, a comfort wee. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting down and I was quite glad that I'm not particularly well endowed. Not particularly uh, endowed because I was sitting there. I'd had mm. my wee, and and sometimes no, it, it's, it's mm. because there was stuff in the toilet yeah. when I sat down in the bottom of the toilet, and so I was quite I was quite desperate. Mm. But I did the flush yeah. to get rid of the stuff. But I was in quite a hurry, so mm. then I I got myself ready, sat down, and um, thankfully just a fraction of a second before mm. the water would have hit anything that mattered because yeah. of my lack of mm-hmm. endowment. And um, basically, the toilet was clogged up, so all of someone else's. To- so the, the toilet started flooding. It didn't overflow. Yeah. But had I been a more impressive man, you might have might have got it on your penis. In somebody else's poo on your penis. Uh, yeah, wouldn't have been very nice. No. Now, once it comes out, you don't want it on your penis. No. Well, to be honest, other people's, even if it was just someone else's wee, I wouldn't like that very much. No. Well, some to each their own, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I am um, enter the victor the prize. I think I've discussed on this show before um, where I where I was prescribed antidepressants a few months ago. Um, I've found that it's given me what they call retarded um, ejaculation. We're allowed to use the word because it's uh, medically yeah, because that it, it's just describing it. Yeah, ejaculation is the word we should be using. Yes, 
Um, and retarded. <laughs> really threw me. How do you confuse a stupid person? Um, I, I've been. I've, I, it did take me. I found it really distressing to start with. Yeah. Because it's a complete change to you know. I've come quite a lot over the years. Uh, I was very uh, keen on um, manual manipulation. No. At very, times it's been my favourite thing I and would, then immediately my most dismaying I, and depressing I, I, thing. I think, I think I was so keen on masturbation, um, even though I was in a very happy um, sexual relationship from the age of 15. There was a period from about the age of 14 to I'd say my mid to late 20s where I, I pretty much came every day regardless mm. – Regardless of what came, and I know definitely until about twenty three, twenty four, I definitely came every single day. Um, it, it would be the last thing. It's a bit like drinking your cocoa as a young man. You have your wank and then you go to sleep, don't you? It's you time. Yeah, but I'm starting to get used to it now, the, the, and actually starting to enjoy the fact that I can be a better partner in bed, possibly for Nicola. I'm not so preoccupied with not coming. That I can actually, we, it's more enjoyable. Although I was quite surprised, I actually managed to do it in under twenty minutes the other day, and and actually found, <laughs> oh, that was very quick. You're 20, making me quite angry. But now. yeah, but twenty minutes four months ago was like I'd have been having to punch myself in the face. Imagine dot cotton, all sorts of things. Can do it about four times <laughs> uh, if if one doesn't account for refraction. Refractive yeah. period, but it, but there are two things I'm terrified now about coming off antidepressants. One is I feel as good as I felt since my teens, mentally, and B, I'm really worried to go back to being shit in bed. Do you think? Do you ever have to come off them though? Yes. Okay. Well, apparently, I mean, I'm going to plead with my doctor not to. I mean, if there's no, please let me take them till I die. If the, yeah, if there's non, if there's no like negative long term effects from taking them, can I just always have these? Because I I can't see any downsides at the moment. Other people who are a little bit more egotistical than mm. you, which seems like a stretch, but I, I mean, yeah, uh, are like I don't like who that they, they make me. I don't like who they make me. They make me someone different. I don't like it. I like my old personality. I want it back. And oh. you're like, nope, goodbye to that shit. Yeah, I fucking hate my old personality. <laughs> He's a grumpy fucking morose cock. I hate him. I'm happier without him. Yeah, I like the medicated me. I'm much fucking nicer. I had a friend come around here, though. I've not seen for a few months. Um, and he'd seen Nicola more recently. And they, they discussed it. And he actually said to me, oh, fucking hell, mate, I can tell. You know, you're so e- so much easier to get on with. You know, and I, just less sketchy around people, less paranoid, less jumpy. It's lovely. I uh, I don't know. It feels like it used to fuel me more than it it has done recently. Uh, anxiety and stuff like that. I used to get lots of stories out of it. I thought so much I thought I'd miss the manic ups because I can be very creative. Certainly on our podcast, so I know there's a couple of characters and stuff that have come out of me being on a, on a manic up. They still come around though, every now but and then. yeah, I still get giddy occasionally. It's just like getting giddy now isn't terrifying because I know there isn't going to be a great big crash on the far side of it. I can see that. That makes sense. I want to open the floor to our listeners about uh, who have had children or who mm. are having children, yes. and I want to ask you about this, but I don't want to go into too much detail about it because I'm not sure entirely how to broach it. That sounds like I'm about mm. to start talking about my cock again. You shouldn't put a brooch on your cock. The That's too far. Might be a lifestyle thing. You don't get to dictate. Hey. Birth plan. How, when the, did you do a birth plan, James? <laughs> no. You didn't do a birth plan. We, we waited and then turned up on the day. We were dreadful. Did you talk about how that was going to go, though, approximately? Like, the basics, you can, knew. can I just, in a, in a nutshell, the reason that we came to where we are, Nikki and I, it took a very long time to conceive... Uh, Nikki, um, when she was younger, had scoliosis, mm-hmm. um, so she got metal rod in her back. Um, so there were like various things going on that we both agreed very early on that when it was time we would turn up at the hospital and we would be guided by the clinicians in terms sure. of what was best for us. There was no um, preconceived uh, notion of doing anything other than that, and I'm really glad we did because it made the fact Nikki had to have an emergency C-section and it made the decision to say yes, yes, yes really easy because we'd already pre-planned to just say yes. That's what we did. Mm. Well, we kind of, that's kind of what we did. We knew what we wanted to do. We were led to believe, and I, I don't want to go on to this too much because this is quite a 
quite a rat hole, uh, but we were led to believe by the NCT hippie lady that we might get more pushback from the NHS than we actually did. All of us, mm. all of the NTT people were felt, I think, felt that they were surprised by how much the midwives wanted to make it as natural as possible yeah. for all of them. So we were quite lucky as well mm. because we didn't have to make that many decisions about yeah. me- uh, medical intervention or th- mm-hmm. that it didn't really come up yeah. that much. And but when we were prepared for it, when it did, I'd like to know about other people's birth plans and whether fa- and how specifically about how family are involved. See, I think that now the way most people are. There's an understanding that you'll visit the following day, mm-hmm. maybe in the hospital yeah. to see the baby if that if the the, mm-hmm. the mother and the baby is still there, and you'll be around mm. at the end of a phone if they need you. Yeah. But you will leave them alone for a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, quite right. Yeah, of course. I, I assumed that was just how things mm-hmm. work, but if I mean maybe listener, mm. maybe your family, maybe you live two doors down from your family and they were around yeah. the whole time, yeah. or or maybe you needed them. Maybe there was stuff you mm-hmm. needed from them. Maybe there are very good reasons why. I, I don't want to get bogged down in the specifics of maybe this, this a... situation. Yeah. I, I, because I'm sure other people have had situations where there was negotiating about mm-hmm. what was going to yeah, happen. Course. I'd like to know, though. I know lots of our listeners have had babies. And so it would be interesting to know what they think, what their experiences are. Uh, we haven't been able to talk about the uh, uh, Cla- uh, Clarky uh, did send us a link to a post uh, that we wanted to talk about. We haven't been able to. We'll probably do that next week. Was that the HuffPo one? Yeah, if we remember. Oh, I like that. That's good. We should talk um, about it's that. It's good. I'll put it in the show notes, though. It's a, yeah. it's a, a post at the Huff- Huffington Post. Um, that's all right. It's, it's more a bit like of a, a piece, but it's nice. It's more a long-form poem, isn't it? Kind of, yeah, mm. which was kind of my problem it's with it. Ode. That's, that's a, besides the point. Um, yeah, maybe we can assume that every parent, you know, is really mm. good. Yeah. Or maybe we can assume that some of them are really bad and it's none of our to, business either to way. To the mother hitting their child at the park. I'm sure you had your reasons. <laughs> um, uh, listener, we are two grown men. Uh, we, You can contact us, either of us on Twitter. I am at NickSight, N-I-X-S-I-G-H-T. James is uh, at... James M-O-M-B. Yes, James Momb. It's a family name. It is. Um, you can also uh, send us email at 2gmpodcast at gmail.com. That's correct. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can talk to us on Facebook. You can talk to me on Facebook. There is a Two, two Grown Men page on Facebook as well. Um, there's a 2GM Twitter account, actually, but I always forget to mention yeah. that. Uh, I think that's it. That's us. Thank you for good listening. to have you back, James. It's good to be back. Bye. Bye-bye. Her, her mum's seen her tackle. A very long time ago. Amy's not that, that big mm. on the idea of it happening again, I don't okay. think, anytime soon. So, um... Because I've got a very vivid picture in my mind of, of what my Amy's tackle. What my daughter's looks like. I think it changes over time. Well, I'm assuming it's going to get larger. <laughs> Maybe. I don't Fucking know. hell. I don't I, really do understand know, how I, ladies I, work. I don't, do you know, of all the things I've said over the years we've podcasted <laughs> together, I can't think of anything wronger I think I've ever managed to say.